I'm Diamond Thojai from Poetry Corner and Elmwood Productions, and you're watching that maniac, Rich the Claws, here on the Claws Corner. Check it out or be a loser. Loser? So the Claws Corner. Today's guest is the producer, actor, editor, writer, and puppeteer of Elmo Productions. He is also known as the editor extraordinaire of this show and co-host of Real Talk. On Friday, October 13th, I had the distinct honor of hosting the final screening of his latest film, Bernice 2. As the screening was about to wrap, my guest told me to bring him on stage because he had a major announcement. Well, here to tell us all about what that major announcement was and much, much more is my guest, co-host, and most importantly, my friend, John Bristol. John, Aww. how the hell are you? Good. How are you, my friend? I am doing very well. Good. Good. So let's go uh, back. I, uh, yeah, let's go let's back. go back to October 13th. Uh, first of right. all, I loved the movie, and then yeah. I, I had the honor of hosting the the premiere, which the was premiere. great at the yeah. Torrington Warner Theater. And then you had one final screening, which was in October. It was Robert Fulton had music. You always make it into an event. That's what I love about your premieres your final screenings whatever it is it's not just showing the movie all right thanks for coming you have goodie bags you have music you have comedy it's just it's a fun yeah. time we, we try to make every we try to make it like a whole experience not just coming to see a movie you know we want to yeah. make sure that people leave feel like they were part of something not just watching something you know yeah so so we had our the final screening of bernie's too yep. the, the now award-winning bernie's too oh yeah well i was gonna i want to get to that so uh when um, but one thing I did love is that in your bags you have so many different things. You had like for me, you have well, maybe you personalize it a little bit for me because you know one of my favorite movies is Close Encounters. You had Close Encounters cards, but we also had one of my favorite parts of the evening, which I wish we had it for Patreon, but we talked about it in one of the other shows. Is the, the camera wasn't centered, so you couldn't put it on Patreon. But yeah, the camera was on a tripod to film everything, and one of the legs gave out. It just went like that, <laughs> and it was just filming. The, it was just you know. Filming the ceiling the whole time. <laughs> it's sort of like me when I'm talking to people. I just happen to, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> but one, one of my the most fun times is everybody was doing it for the most part. Everybody had their kazoos, and we did the Muppet song. Coming out with that, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. All right. Do I have one? This is well worth the wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yes. You still have kazoos. Yeah, I still have a bunch of them. But yeah, we um we had the goodie bags at the premiere, yeah. which was cool. And the ones we had for the final screening were just like leftover ones, which was fun. So we, we had enough to give to everybody, which was cool. So yeah, but kazoos. Yep. Through all the promotion of the screenings, I always said, you know, mass optional kazoos encouraged or something like that. So some people showed up with their own, which is really yeah. funny. You brought these. This yeah. is one that you brought. I, I went to the party. So I saw a lot of the messages on Facebook because you promoted the hell out of it, which I love. Thank you. And I said, kazoos, what the hell? And I said, you know what? There's got to be a party store. So I went to a party store. And they're like, well, how many do you want? I said, 50. What? <laughs> so I, I bought <laughs> you brought kazoos. a bunch of kazoos. Yeah. yeah. Just, I want everybody to have one. Yeah. But in the middle of that, we had a great time. Robert Fulton played his music. We even started great. a new religion, Serentology. It was so much Serentology, fun. we're starting a new religion in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> Rich Mistlevitz is the Aqua, Aqua Jesus. The Aqua Jesus. <laughs> Aqua Jesus. <laughs> but you said, Rich, it was the movie was almost over. You said, 
oh my god rich we have a major announcement please when you get up on stage yeah. introduce me i want to talk about it so i said all right ladies and gentlemen have a major announcement please welcome john bristol what was that major announcement while the movie was happening i was just checking my emails and all that and checking messages and i got the um update from a, a, there's a magazine called film threat they've been around since the 90s it's all online now yeah. um the great big website one of the most important indie film like people out there for like news and reviews and all that and we got the they do an award show almost every year called award this um and we got the uh the announcement that we were nominated for three awards all right but what's funny is that night i only saw one of them we got all three but I only saw that we were nominated for best comedy. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. And we got up there and told everybody and, and like, and it was bittersweet in a way because like we, we submitted this film to tons of film festivals and we got ignored, Wow, you know, like, because we, we understand it's a weird movie, but like, and we, some of it was political. We know that like, that's just how the film world is. Yeah. But um, to be nominated for three awards, so it was best comedy the what the fuck is this even award the wtf award um and then the the best movie made for less than an oscar gift bag so under $100,000 or less and the one i really wanted to win was comedy because the movie is a comedy you know yeah. the other two would have been cool and the wtf was definitely something we could have won um you know but like uh the movies that did win those other two were awesome i'm glad they won you know but comedy i wanted and we got it so that was cool uh, but we went so we got the nomination. The show was December 10th in Santa Ana, California at the Frida Theater. And we a bunch of us went. Yeah, myself, Rick Passmore, who co-produced and co-directed with me. And he was one of the writers on it, Puppeteers. Like everybody wrote this movie that was in Elmwood and we all puppeteered. But and then John Fulcher, who was a writer and puppeteer on it, the three of us flew down and went to the award show and won an award. And right. uh, it was I'm sure we're gonna talk more about that. I mean, I have it right here. This All right, it. very nice. Well, I was going to ask you what you won. So, what what is that? It's a glass. It's actually glass, which I I mean I assumed it would be, but like when I handed it to me, I'm like, wow, it's really glass. And they have like this announcer, like the the epic movie guy, the guy who does the movie trailer voice. Like he actually yeah. is the announcer for the show, and he was like, no expense spared. You know, like when I made a joke about it being actual glass, and it does say indie comedy 2023. It's hard to tell, but yeah. Is that the guy that does no texting, no talking, yes. no ruining the yes. movie? So he and was he's actually their announcer. There? Yeah, he's the announcer for the award show. So he's actually there sitting in the back doing all the announcements. And he would chime in, which was great, like making jokes and stuff when people were like hosting the hosts were up there or like the presenters or winners. He'd like tease us. So it was great. Um, we had a blast. Yeah. No, like it's, we're going to get into that because if you're not part of Patreon with Elmwood Productions, you have to be. I just did the VIP, whatever it's called, the $10 a month. That's all costs. You get the coolest videos you get things before anybody else does it's well worth it there's a lot of content on there but you do have a whole video so if you're not subscribed yet subscribe to and watch the patreon video because yeah he documents for the most part all of it you know i'm sure you're you know you're there for a couple of days so you, you left some out but you get the gist of like how much fun you had and what a great how excited everybody was but how so how originally did, did you nominate that or not nominate did you submit the film to film for how did that get no, to film um, for its attention at the premiere back in 2022 that we did at the Warner that you hosted, one of their critics was actually at the premiere. And he wrote a review. And because it got, uh, this is how I understand that. I could be, have some of the details wrong. But if you get a 10-star review from one of their critics, you're put in the running to be nominated. Wow. And out of 2,000 films that they review, over 2,000 films they review a year, 
we got 10 stars and we got nominated and we won one of the awards. So like, that's really cool. So we didn't submit it. Um, the same guy, his name's Bobby, um, Bobby Lapierre. He, uh, he also did some great reviews. Of, he did a great review of Head and he loved uh, Jungle Man. He did a review of that too. And he, and he interviewed us for, for our 20th anniversary. I don't remember how he got on his radar. Um, he's a puppet guy though. He likes all this kind of stuff and he's a huge, huge supporter of us now, which is great. And it was just so cool to meet him a couple of times and, have him be at screenings and you know and he's just a, a really nice guy and he and i him and i have very similar taste in film which is nice too we don't always agree but oh, yeah. we'll be on the show like, eventually well it's gonna say because he and you he and i are going yeah, you've to met do him a now. real talk yeah. together yeah we um, gotta do one at some yeah point. we gotta and like and what i like about him is that you can actually disagree with him and he doesn't get angry about it no even at we, I went to your Christmas party and he and I disagreed on a yeah. movie, the flower, the flower moon, whatever it's called, the uh, the latest Martin Scorsese. I loved the yeah. movie. He thought it was boring, so he and I were going back and forth, and it wasn't yeah. like oh my god. You had an actual conversation with him about films. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, he's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. So that you know what I love the fact that you didn't. That I think that makes the award even more meaningful because you didn't even submit it there. Somebody that who's a fan of it. Put it in a 2000 movie. Wrote a review of it. Yeah. yeah, really impressive. Yeah. So as you mentioned, it was you, Ricky Passmore, yep. John Fulcher. And you mentioned this at, on your uh, victory speech at the end. You're like, no writers are credited because yeah. everybody does their part. And I like that because so this movie, you mentioned it's a comedy, but I think it's so much more because it has a lot of heart. I love it. Yeah. I, I was well, the, the 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 short version, it's a comedy. I always yeah. say it's a musically infused sketch comedy film. Yes. You know, it is a sketch comedy. This is the first time we're talking about, like, Bernice on one of your shows, and I'm doing it, you know, like, yeah. which is cool, so I'm kind of excited. Um, but, like, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's got tons of heart, tons of charm. It, it was, uh, you know, it came out of, you know, 20 years of doing Elmo Productions. We we had all these little skit ideas we never did anything with, and it was time to do something. We just didn't want to do skits. We wanted to do something bigger, and Mike and I had an idea for a whole different thing about this, these two guys with this wheelchair thing. It was actually a cart, like those grocery store carts that people ride in. And then it became, it just totally developed into the wheelchair thing. And it wasn't even going to be puppets originally. And it just all, it all came together in one big soup, which was great. And yeah, not crediting a writer, which is rare for us because, you know, you everybody writes something, but everyone was so involved. Right down to like on the day of shooting, we'd be throwing out new things and all that for almost every bit. So it was hard to like say like three people wrote the film because we all almost all of us had some say in the dialogue and in the scenes and everything. So we just had no credit. Elwood Productions wrote the movie. Yeah. For yeah. people who haven't seen it, it's one guy in a wheelchair, the other one's pushing around and they go from, it's it's almost like Kane and Kung Fu going from adventure to adventure. So they're going, right. so throughout the whole movie, they're just meeting all these different characters, all these different things happen. How many takes did you do on each one? So if you said a lot of people wrote, were you writing on the spot? Do you have something in mind? You're like, let's just try it out and maybe improv a little bit here and there. There we go. With a handful of exceptions, we had scripts. You know, like yeah. some of the music video stuff, so we just had outlines for how the video, the order things were going to go in. And, but we'd add things. Oh, shoot, shoot in this corner and come up with them, have the puppet do this. Or, But most of the scenes were scripted and then we'd improv on top of it. Mm -hmm. So we had a beginning, middle, end written for each scene, but then we just flow. Like and I like I like to use the opening. The first scene with dialogue is the one about the guy whose grandmother stole his moped. Oh yeah, and that all came from Mike, who puppeteered. Broly is the name of the character. Mike, who was the puppeteer for Broly, just saying funny stuff one day, and I was just like, dude, we got to put that in a movie someday. 
And that was in like 2013. So it like took nine years before it was even showed up in a movie. Wow. It was just so funny. We wrote down the idea of Broly, his grandma stole his mole. It was just like, and it just sat there. And that was one of those things that we got to use this someday. But then the day of shooting, it was just like, dude, just riff, have some fun with it too. And he just did. And that was a great way of an example of, yeah, we had it written out, but also just say the craziest stuff that comes to mind that fits the character. And most of that is what made it in the film. It still told the same two minute story. But in the beginning, the very beginning was the setup, and then he just went with it, and yeah, it was, and then the reactions were me and another puppeteer, and we riffed the reactions, too, like, we just made stuff up, like, when I said, I think she's a, I heard she's a good kisser, you know, and Broly doesn't even react to it, he's like, yeah, you know, like, he just, <laughs> like, just, like, we said crazy stuff just to see what would work, and, you know, Ricky with the editing was just, like, it took the best parts. Well, the best part about that is that everybody from Elmwood Productions has been there for years. You're the best of friends and you know each other's personality. So it's easy to riff with each other instead of having maybe like somebody you're working with that you don't really know and you don't know their yeah. stuff. And they come up with something crazy. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. So the fact is it just seems so natural and flowed so well. Yeah, most that. of us, most of us, most everyone who worked in the film had been with us for at least like two or three years. Yeah. We had a couple of new people come in just when we were doing it. Um, and they're still with us now though. You know, we shot it in, 2021 during covid you know like um but they're still puppeteering with us which is great so is rick allen one of the he was brand new for the movie yeah that's what i thought he was like the, is he the last puppeteer for uh, elmwood him and jess rowling okay are the newest that are like with us the most and she came in she was only on the set for maybe two days yeah and I don't think she got a single line she dubbed some stuff afterwards but like she didn't even get like a line when we were filming because we were just getting things done um, but then she would be the jungle man, the sequel to Jungle Man, Jungle Woman. She played the lead character, so she's and so did Rick Allen actually. Rick took over the role of Carrie, so the two newest people were the leads of the next bigger project we did, which was fun. Yeah, just a little short film, but we were just you know still coming off of Bernice, so it was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, how long did were you? I know there's no credited writers, but who for the most part. Did you write down the, like a sort of like a curb your enthusiasm? Write down a synopsis and then go from there. So yeah. we, was that mostly you, or is it you? Great question, man. Like we um when we decided we we're gonna do the sketch comedy thing, we, everyone had ideas for skits for years, and we did a night or two or three nights probably where we all got in a room in the studio together and had like a big piece of paper up and everybody threw out ideas. We were writing them down, trying to figure out what to do. And I can remember it was before COVID even hit. So it was like 2019. We, we announced the movie that we're going to make this movie next. It's going to be a sketch comedy film. We're going to shoot it in 2020. We did the Kickstarter in 2019. I don't know if you remember that. Um, we did that. like, And then in 2020, right a month before we started shooting, just going away for a minute from your question, COVID hit. And we oh, we can't shoot now, obviously, because we can't even be together. And that's so, when I met you. That's when we met. Right. Yeah. Right then. But um. So leading up to that, though, we had all the skits pretty much written, but those first few nights of getting together and sitting in the room, the one thing we knew we wanted this movie to be, and I say we, I mean myself, Pete, uh, we, everyone knows him as Tricky, yeah. myself, Tricky, Ricky, and Mike, we wanted this movie to be positive. We wanted to have like a good vibe. We still do some scary horror stuff if we wanted to, and if we didn't really want to go that way, we just did Ed a few years earlier, which was a horror movie. We wanted to do something that wasn't R-rated. We wanted to do something that was like, you know, PG-13. We wanted, you know, just have it be more light, more fun. And not have like tons of F-bombs and stuff. Yeah. And uh, just go a little lighter. It would still be Elmwood. Um, and all the stuff that was coming out of everybody was just so dark. And I think it was just because they were just so used to doing like, 
jungle man stuff where it is full of f-bombs or head where it was gory or you know like and it was just like oh my god i remember like we were sitting there going over everything i'm like guys this is this i love these skits for something else mm-hmm. you know and but and so then i remember i pulled back and then all right let's do this let's do this so i started like my, i myself started setting up what i thought we should be doing and then everybody kind of was like oh okay because i just wanted to hear everybody's ideas and that's why there was like no credited writer and then when it came down to it, I sat down and typed out everything. You know, I had everybody's bits and pieces. Ricky wrote, for example, he wrote the scene of the two hobos. Yeah. And yeah. forever I thought John wrote that because John was so involved in the idea of it. So when I got it to go retype it to make it part of the script, I thought I was retyping something John wrote. That just shows you how like everything was just flowing. Like I didn't even know who gave this to me. I didn't even know who submitted that. I'm like, but we're using that in the film. And apparently it was Ricky, not John. But, you know, <laughs> like... Well, you know, there's so, no egos involved too. No, they're like, I wrote that. That's what you, yeah, why is he I mean, getting credit for that? We can all like look at it and go, I wrote that scene, I wrote that scene. Now yeah. like, we can figure it out. But even me, I'm like, the like the Holy Toledo scene I wrote, and for months I thought Rich wrote it. And I yeah. wrote it. But like for in my head, Rich wrote it because Rich was playing Holy Toledo. And then one day I'm like, wait, no, that's all that's all me. I I wrote that. <laughs> like, but to my to me, it was Rich. I don't know. It's just how my brain works. Plus, by the time we started shooting it in 2021 because it's we shot a little in 2020 and then we didn't over the winter and we refined a bunch of it mm-hmm. and by the time we started shooting in summer 2021 my brain was fried yeah you know, between covid my day job was dog shit you know like um and, you know it was just and my life was a total turmoil personally like and but i was having fun with everything you know, I was having fun at the day job, having fun with my life, being totally up in the air, not knowing where I was even, what I was going to be doing in six months, you know, like, besides Elmwood Productions and, and Claus Corner stuff. Yeah. But, like, you know, so, like, my brain was just mush. I remember when we finished the film, um, there's actually, like, we were doing making of videos throughout it, and there's a video of the that we put up, like, the day after we finished filming, and it's just called That's a Wrap, and it's on YouTube. And you can just see me. I just look like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being like, but I'm because I'm just I'm fraught. I'm so excited that we're done, but at the same time, I was gonna be playing it up a little bit too. Like, yeah, oh, finally it's over because we thought it was over three times before it was over. So, like, you know, <laughs> we, oh, we should do this. So we got this idea. We forgot to shoot that, you know. So, so I know it was interrupted, but how long approximately did you film? We probably shot 21, 22 days. Okay, I would, we shot for a month, but it was over the course of mostly over the course of the summer of 2021 there was a good solid week that we shot four days in a row and it was that i think it was in august yeah august or, and it was that week that was there's always that one week every summer in connecticut that's 140 degrees i love it and humid yep. and disgusting <laughs> you know and that was the week that we all took like time off of our day jobs to shoot and the wheelchair melted down and like Oh my god! Like it didn't. It just stopped working. Like that's boom. funny. It was too hot. It was. We burned it out. A time machine. Shout out to them in Manchester. That's their address and their website. All right. Um, they are the ones who made the wheelchair actually roll. They put all the remote control. Steve and Siobhan there did made it a remote control. And when they found out that it wasn't working, they just came to the studio and fixed it. Like they brought the parts and did it. I'm like, I'll bring it to you. They're like, no, we want. We want to come. We got this. Like, amazing people. Everyone was so positive for this film. Did you reach out to them, or did they find you? I went. I went there um, in 2019 um, with the wheelchair because that was what we, did. we did. We did. We didn't do the Kickstarter to make the movie. We did the Kickstarter to make the wheelchair remote control. Like we yeah. knew none of us really know how to do that. We didn't know how much money. We didn't even know how much it was going to cost. So we did a Kickstarter. We're like, give us somebody to make these props, and we got them. 
And then we went to Time Machine and I went in. Um, this is one of my favorite stories about behind the scenes. I walk in and I'm looking around all the remote control car stuff. My dad and my brother used to make this stuff. So I'm like, I know I can do this. I used to help them. I walk in. It's just, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Like just boom, no memory. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember how to do any of this. I know what this is. I know what that piece is, but I don't know how I'm going to make this wheelchair work. And there's this woman at the counter for the remote control stuff. And I just look over. I'm like, excuse me, do you know anything about this stuff? And in these more sensitive times, it hit me that that could have come off as sexist. Yeah. And it wasn't meant to be. And I went, I'm not saying that because you're a woman. I'm saying that because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And she just started cracking up. And she's like, yeah, this is kind of my department. I'm like, okay, good. She thought it was funny. Thank God. And I don't think she was even thinking I was trying to be sexist. It was just, you work here. Do you know anything about this stuff? But, you know, like, but she she thought that was really funny that I'm like, correct, like back backpedaling a little bit. That's funny. I'm like, all right, so I have this wheelchair that's designed for puppets. It's made for puppets. And I want to make it into a remote control car. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, it's in my car. She's like, go get it. I'm like, so I run out and get it. Rich was with me. Rich is walking around buying Smurfs and stuff because it's a, it's a hobby shop with toys. They're like, so Rich is doing, and Rich, those of you who know Rich, and you know Rich, he's a total like uber nerd and like for, for geeky stuff. And oh, yeah. You have a lot of old 80s stuff there and things like that. So he was just in heaven. Um, but we, uh, I bring in, she looks at it. She's like, we can make this happen. And she's like, what's your budget? I'm like, honestly, just, figure it out and let me know and we'll figure it out from there. i didn't tell her how much money we had i was like mm -hmm. just figure it out let me know and she's like oh it's funny because one of my friends made a puppet movie once you know uh, my brother used to work with them at hot topic and i started laughing and i'm like what's his name and she's like oh his name's russ he made a horror movie called head <laughs> and i'm like yeah i've heard of that movie and she's like yeah i'm like yeah i directed it and she's like <laughs> her, her, but she used to shop at russ used to be a manager of a hot topic and she used to shop there or an assistant manager and she used to shop there and her brother worked there so like just small world like they they knew each other which was hilarious so now, that was just cool that like she'd she knew had she'd seen the movie you know so that is funny cool connection yeah it's very cool connection the so world's very connect. small <laughs> yeah right in connecticut it is for sure yeah so like that was great though like she she was already aware of album productions which was really cool <laughs> And then I remember she called me and she's like, yeah, it's going to be this much. I'm like, great, make it like a week later. And then like a week after that, she called me. She's like, it's actually more. I'm like, I don't care. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, just make it happen. So they were just wicked cool that, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I have that. I want to get the, the Witcher doesn't work again. We burned it out somehow at the very last couple of days of shooting. Ah. So at some point I'm going to bring it there and be like, can we make this work and can we make it go faster? <laughs> so is there ever going to be a sequel to bernice 2 <laughs> no I don't, it doesn't need one like yeah. but since we're talking about like the characters and stuff elmwood we're putting all all new stuff next year you know like so um bro lee is going to have his own series the I guy love it. yeah um holy toledo that starts in april or may we've already filmed most of the episodes so we're doing a whole series about him and his stunts and his, you know with the, with the rocket brothers yelling about everything and so we're doing spinoffs of the movie into shows um, Johnny Sojab, who's in the movie, does his poetry corner. We're bringing him back next year for new poetry corners. Um, so, like, we got all this new stuff coming out next year, which is, or 2024. This will be out for, yeah, this will be out on New Year's Eve. Yep. This episode will be out now on Sunday. So, this will be out on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, so you're getting the announcement before we announce it tomorrow, technically, on Elmo's page. Is around New Year's Day, we're going to announce everything, but I'll give it to the Claws Corner first. All right. Yeah, so, and new animal behavior, a whole new season of animal behavior is shot and ready to go. We just have to start uh, releasing it. These are all going to be found on your YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, yep. But if you're a Patreon supporter, we'll go back to that because you mentioned that earlier. Yep. If you are a Patreon supporter at the $10 level, uh, you will get all the episodes the day the first one hits YouTube. Right. 
but only on Patreon. You know, so if you're a Patreon person at the five dollar level, you get the episode. The first episode, each episode as they come up, you'll get them the day before or the week before. We haven't decided yet, but you'll get them before. But if you're at the ten dollar level, you get every episode of whatever series it is the day the first one goes up. So like, I'm doing it. Yeah, Animal Behavior has twelve episodes. I think we're gonna start putting those out in March or April. So that first one, you'll have them all the day it comes out. If you're at the ten dollar level, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it no again. waiting. Yeah, no, yeah, no it's definitely worth it. Ten dollars a month is you can you spend like eight dollars on a day and coffee or whatever you want to go over right. Starbucks. So ten dollars yeah. a month is well worth it and you get a lot and of content. One of my other friends is doing it and she was she was saying how like the stuff we're putting out that we've been putting out, they're not like three minute videos we're putting, you know, our exclusives that are there for our premieres exclusives are like 15, 20, 30 minutes long. Yeah. You know, we did the Johnny Sojive thing about him and his history, and that was like 15 minutes. We did the 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 birdies two in california let's go to the award show that was almost a half hour yeah so we're not skimping out on people you know like we're giving them their ten dollars worth if not more <laughs> yeah no, i i love the johnny sojab character and we mentioned <laughs> off here i want to do a clause corner versus the poetry corner we got to do something with oh that. my gosh just have johnny here harassing you yeah <laughs> i can do that I well i gotta that. say that we mentioned one of the musicians that was in your movie robert c fullerton yeah who else, the music was great in the movie. It went so well. Who was the other band that played in that movie? I That's great. Um, okay, so there was, um, trying to think in order. Okay. There was a, a band called a Strawberry Machine. Mm-hmm. That was that opening song that you hear the record spinning, and then it comes back later in the film when you see the animal behavior and Rizzo Brothers characters at the funeral. It's the same song. So they're, they're an amazing band based mostly, like partially in Connecticut, but their members are all over. So they get together every once in a while and do a random show and then record a bunch of music. And they're one of my they're one of my favorite bands, period. Yeah. Um, their singer, songwriter Clay is, is a good friend. He's a great guy. And it was great that they wanted to be part of the film. And they played a version of the band played the premiere. Mm-hmm. A couple of members couldn't make it because they're out of state. So they had two other fill-in members. So they kind of gave themselves a different name for the night as a joke. But they played the Strawberry Machine music that night at the premiere that you hosted. Then there's Robert Fulton, which we talked about, who's been doing stuff with Elmwood off and on for a while. He did uh, songs for the Risley Brothers as well. Um, who else? Josh A. or Josh Asieres. He's been, uh, we've worked with him a few times in the past, and he did the song with Painter scene. And mm-hmm. he did music for Josh and Todd. And he, we hang out with him. He's doing a lot of music for us. He's a good friend. We're working on a show with him as well, a couple shows. So that'll be fun. Um, who else was on the soundtrack? Uh, Kermit the Band. They did a song for Josh and Todd. They came back for this. And they did um, a song called Plep, which is that scene at the beach with the birds flying and all that. For yeah. those of you who have seen the movie. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Sergeant uh, Scagnetti was one of Sergeant my Scagnetti, yes. yeah. That is definitely... Oh, man. Sergeant right. Skag, my favorite, my favorite ska band ever. And they yes. reunited just in time to ask us to make a video for them. And I was like, we make a video. Can we use the song in the movie? And then we used some of the footage from the video as part of the movie, which was great. So what's cool is if you watch the video on their YouTube channel, it's different than the one on our YouTube channel because uh, we made it more movie-centric and theirs is just has the band members actually in it and stuff. So it's cool. Love that song, Cult of Nation. Let's yep, start a cult. Let's start it now. And they recently played in Hamden at the uh, Space, yeah. which I was so angry because I wanted I had, to be busy. I bought two tickets and I felt like garbage that night and didn't go because I was like, uh, really sick. And then I woke up and I said, I felt fine. I'm like, you son of a bitch so I'm, <laughs> next time they play ct i'm definitely going i know oh, yeah. they have dates coming up so and then we had um arthur benson arthur lewis benson who's mm-hmm. a fantastic musician from uh, pennsylvania we did a second screen of the film there in january of this year and he played at it because it was 
you could walk there pretty much from his house. And he helped make it happen there at a theater there, which was an amazing night. And he did most of the score of the film. The instrumental music, instrumental music throughout the film is him as well. And we used two of his full songs in the film. We did a video for his song, Missing Alice at Advent, which came out to help promote the film a year ago about now. And then Snap Famous was the closing credit song, Already in the Future. Um, they Some of their members had worked with us and stuff in the past. They, did so, they helped make the music for Jungle Man, one of the members. And then... And then something of theirs and something else one of their members i'm drawing a blank now and head one of the guys played on the head I, no that was a different guitarist but the musician uh jace jason finberg is one of the musicians in that band and he does all of our audio mixing so he he mixed that he mixed head actually i'm not head he mixed um bernie's too did all the audio mix for bernie's too so so did you meet a lot of these musicians not through this movie but just Elmwood Productions in general, or were you friends with them from other areas of There's your life? Some are just people I've known through the years, been friends with because of jobs. I worked in music stores. Yeah. I played in bands badly. Um, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, and so, like, you'd get to know people and you stay friendly with them. Yeah. Uh, or you know, or you have a friend who's in another band who knows this band, and then it just kind of builds up. Or you know, like, uh, like Kermit the band, their their bassist. I worked with him at Borders. 20 something years ago you know so you, you stay in touch with people that you like you know yeah. um so that's how we built the bands up around us is either one of i knew them or one of the other guys in elmwood knew them like like the snap famous guys like ricky jason's one of his closest friends the bassist who does all of our audio mixing now but they you know they're just such nice guys too and yeah 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 we just know what i like in the movie too is that you you got things in the movie that don't exist anymore. One of them was the Gold Rock Diner. Oh, man. Like like a month or two before we were going to shoot that scene, we were trying, we were trying to figure out where we are going to shoot. Like, where are they going to roll up to? It has to be a building. We weren't sure what. And then Gold Rock closed. <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, Gold Rock, they, they became the Gold Rock the year I graduated high school. You know, like, and that was like a rite of passage for like Elmwood kids, you know, especially yeah. us scrubs, like us dirtbags, you know, like us metalheads and us weirdos, <laughs> the grunge kids and the alternative kids. Like that was a place. And we were there at three in the morning. We were there sometimes four or five times in a day, just meeting up with people and grabbing a coffee. And like, like that was a like home base, you know? I mean, as we got older, we weren't there like that, but like, yeah. I remember driving up one night late at night to go there with Mike and they were closed and we we're like, Oh, well, and like they were like remodeling or something. Oh, they're doing something in there, but there are no signs. And then like a week later, somebody's like, oh, "I heard their clothes closed." No. And then we pulled in the parking lot, and they were closed, closed. It's like, oh my god. And then we were like, well, maybe we'll just sh we can shoot the scene there. Like it's an empty parking lot now. We can. And then we went there, and we saw the soon to be an IHOP sign, and I was like, <laughs> you know, I know I'm not anti IHOP. I don't yeah. hate IHOP. I mean, in the video we made, maybe like a funny little parody video of me like screaming because Gold Rock is closing and be an IHOP. Yeah. But like. You know, I just wish it was going to be like another random diner, not a corporate thing, you know, like that punk rock in me. But yeah, Gold yeah. Rock's gone. Like things are gone now. Like Josh and Todd, we shot up books and music and that place was gone when the movie came out, you know, like. I, I love it. You you have everything on film that's never going to disappear. So things that no longer exist, just you can go back and watch yeah. these old older um, Elmwood production movies and see it. And, I, and making I, and making this movie as like a tribute to our 20 years as Elmwood Productions, that's yeah. part of what it was. That's why we brought back all the old characters. Like If you watch it closely, you've watched all our work, you're going to recognize most of those puppets because they've been in other things. Like, and they're oh, yeah. playing the same characters. And the new characters in it were new on purpose, but like Tricky's in it. And Tricky's a character from... Risley Brothers and Richie's in it, and it's it's the Richie that's in the movie isn't the Richie from the Jungle Man movies, 
but it's the same puppeteer, same puppet. Our joke is that the actor who plays Richie in the Jungle Man movies, you know, like, <laughs> so it's just like, you know, we're having fun with just mixing the characters up and shooting some of it in Elmwood was great and shooting like Gold Rock is in the Hartford Elmwood line, you know, like, cool. And then we shot in downtown Elmwood. We like a, like a lot of those in Beachland Park, like places we grew up playing and hanging out in, so... But what I love is when Gold Rock came out in, in the, the final screening of it, people just went, oh, and started oh, yeah. laughing. Yeah, I love that. Because it was in West Side. The final screening was in Elmwood at the community yeah. center. Yeah, and everyone remembers there. It's funny, my friend Sarah, who I've, been, I've known her since like seventh grade, uh, she was a waitress there in the mid-90s, wow. you know, and she was there at the screening. I mean, she was at the premiere as well. She never said anything to me about it after the premiere, but the night of the screening, she was one of the people who was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was cool. Yeah. Well, I have to say there was a girl that I didn't realize she was at the premiere. I don't, she, I don't even know how she found out about you, but I was a girl went to high school with haven't seen her since 1987. She, she was all right. Well, you know what? You should see me uh, next time you, you're there. Let me know. So she was at the final screening. Oh, she cool. Said, um, she said that she brought her son and it was she they were so touched by it. She actually started crying. Not because of a gold rock, but just the movie in general. Because it was movie, so touching. Yeah. And she goes, she, and that's why I said I love that about you know not just that movie, but your other movies that sometimes you're watching and you forget that it's puppets. You just get it so in, deep into the characters and what they're saying, what they're doing, and you, you just like immerse yourself in it. And so she said it, that movie actually brought tears to her in a good way. Yeah, I just I, that's a huge compliment, and you're, she's not the only person who said that or yeah. person that's reacted like that. I reacted like that the first time I saw it. Yeah. You know, like I choked up and it's because it's it is a comedy for sure, but it's got tons of heart and and it's it comes from a good place. Like everything, even the crazier, more wacky moments, it all comes from a place of, of like love, you know. Not to sound like a, a red hot chili peppers member, just talking about love and like weirdness and all that. But the, this <laughs> this is the red hot chili peppers of the Elmwood films. It's like the, this weird, funky thing where it's just love and understanding and hugs and jumping or get up and jump and jump around which we were doing through the whole thing yeah. you know? <laughs> elmwood, elmwood puppets with socks yeah yeah <laughs> but you know like that but their whole like whenever you see the interviews and everything they're always talking about oh it's all about cosmic and love like yeah and this movie really was that though you know like so it's cool it's, and it's cool when people react like that because it's 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 humbling in a way because our goal is to make movies that entertain and and, and our goal is to entertain ourselves yeah you know um so when other people are touched by it, by things that were touching us, it's like, wow, we're human. And we want to do like, like on the technical end, we want, we, puppetry isn't a genre. It's a medium for telling stories. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we can do a horror movie. We can do a comedy. We can do this sketch comedy thing. We can do you know, a drama if we wanted. And people forget that because they're just so used to it being, you know, comedies for family families. And this was definitely a more family-friendly film for us. Still had some colorful language and some inter- like some sexual innuendo, but it, it was definitely it was more PG thirteen, you know, like no, exactly. If we dropped the swears. There's there's a couple there's a couple shits and dams and hells. There's no f bombs, no. um, but if we dropped all that out, it would have been a PG movie easily, you know. But and, and the good, I mean, and you didn't do it for shock value. It was just no. the characters talking. It was it was, it was yeah. natural because I know I hate when movies try to be shocking it's like just make it how you want don't don't do it just to get a reaction get the right reaction from just being you know into in the movie and, and getting you know the characters and a lot of puppeteers that are trying to like get their films out there aiming more at adults they purposely will yeah. drop the f-bomb constantly you know I, we, I look back at josh and todd and the word fuck is a comma yeah. 
Like, but also, it was just how we were talking to each other, too. Like, in between takes, it was all oh, this fucking thing and that. You know, so it just came through in the film. But we, but when you see it being forced, it, yeah. It, yeah. And a lot of people, like, that are making puppet films that aren't mainstream, they purposely are, are putting the nudity and the four-letter words to, to be extreme. And, yeah, we had that in head. But we were also paying tribute to 80s horror movies so if we didn't have nudity and four letter words and kids drinking it wouldn't have been an 80s horror movie you oh, know? exactly yeah that... um, and it wasn't written as a puppet film we just decided to make it with puppets so you know like we weren't purposely going for that whole like let's be shocking it just was shocking yeah. or it's funny depending on how you look at it and bernie's two is the same thing we weren't we were just trying to make a good movie and well, use let, puppets. Yeah. Let's talk about bringing Bernice to Hollywood. Yes. So yeah. So we got that nomination, and we decided we were going to go. And not everybody. I mean, it's, it's a couple weeks before Christmas, so not everybody could go to the the show, which was fine. But Ricky, John, and I decided we could make the trip, and we did. Um, I will say the flights were the four. We stopped in Detroit on there and on the way back. Mm -hmm. um, four easiest flights I've ever had in my life. Like no turbulence or anything. Just want to say that. I think it was Delta. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk. Well, stop right there for a minute. Because yeah. In in the Patreon video, it's three o'clock in the morning. You're waiting. Yes. You're waiting for uh, John. I think it was. I think he was meeting you at the airport. At the airport, yeah. So Ricky picked me up and we went to the airport. Yeah. Ricky and I live like five minutes from each other, so we so, just pulled. Were you just so wired you didn't even go to sleep at all? From what I remember, you saying you were up for forty eight hours straight. That's what it felt like. Yeah. yeah. The um, I never got any sleep the night of the flight. Uh, Ricky, Jess, and I went to see a movie just to kind of so we could just kind of get our energy going. Yep. And then Ricky was like, "I'm going to go home and go to bed." I'm like, "I, I'm going to try, but I couldn't." So I got up at like six in the morning for work that day, and then the following day, the flight's taking off at seven or five five thirty. The flight was down five thirty, so I'd been up for twenty four hours when the flight took off. Yep. I slept from on the first flight. I slept for maybe twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. Like just exhaustion got me. And yeah. then I didn't sleep again until we got to the hotel room Saturday night. So Connecticut time, it would have been would have been like ten o'clock when I finally went to bed. So I've been up from six a.m. Friday to ten o'clock Saturday, and then woke up Sunday and didn't go to bed again until Monday night at eight p.m. Connecticut time. So you were just riding on adrenaline. Oh yeah, by the time yeah, I didn't even sleep. I, I slept. It's funny on the flights back. Yeah. first flight i think it was the first flight i fell asleep before the plane took off but woke up as soon as we were in the air and couldn't fall back asleep yeah so i got maybe 20 minutes of sleep there too like but uh yeah we because we went from the the we went to the show and the show started up with the, the pre-show was like a six for like us to check in do the red carpet thing get interviewed get our badges get inside have like the pre-show the cocktail hour and all that so the show ended at like 9 30 or 10 and then there was the after show there at the same theater. And then from there, there was an after party at a bar up the road. And we went from the bar up the road to the airport. So there was no like going back to the hotel. It was like the flights in a couple hours. Let's just go to the airport. So it was just, it was nonstop go, go, go the whole time we were there. We saw some cool stuff though. We did like a tour of LA the first day. We got, when we got the plane, we just drove. We went to the In-N-Out Burger. Oh yeah. Because Ricky wanted to try In-N-Out Burger. Just fast food. <laughs> I'll give it a thumbs up. It was better than five guys. Um, but um Well, I have a list of some of the places you hit because you, yeah. you cover most of it. We you had the hustler store, which is good. Yeah, we drove past well, we just drove past everything. Yeah. We didn't have time yeah. to stop, which was yeah. a drag. We did stop and take pictures at a couple spots, but yeah, yeah. we drove by the hustler store. We didn't meet it was the hustler strip club, I think. 
Oh, okay, that's what it was. We were just cracking up when we saw it because we were in California. We're in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And you got the Grams Chinese Theater, of course. Yep. yep. The la- last time I was there, I got to see uh, was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was there when that movie was playing. So I went to uh, Oh wow. Yeah, I went to Laurel Canyon, did a tour there. Then I went to uh, the Grand Chinese Theater, and that movie was playing there. But that was, I don't know what time of the day you were there, but when I was there at night driving with a rental, that was a crazy area. People were throwing bottles in the air. It was hitting other cars. It was just, wow. it was just I said, I don't remember, because I was in L.A., I want to say 93, 94, and I don't remember being that area being like that. Maybe it just came at a bad time. But there was, it was like, a bad day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We was, were... We were driving around there. Their time, it would have been like one, two in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah, mine was it like was early, like at night. Yeah, it was early because we were because we had we had, we were meeting our buddy Chris, who was one of the executive producers on Head. Yeah, he lives in Burbank. Chris Jowski. Yep. Yeah, we were gonna meet him in Burbank. He lives in, like in Burbank, right outside Burbank. So we're gonna meet him there for dinner and then go to the hotel. So we got the plane, just hung around the area. Then uh, we we drove by Henson, which was cool. Hopped out, got pictures. We I drove up the Hollywood sign because we were so close to it, and Ricky really wanted to see it. And I'm like, and I was kind of like indifferent. Then once we started driving to it, I'm like, this is gonna be awesome, Hollywood sign. This will be cool. Like I've never seen it either in person. It was the first time I'd ever been out there. So we got you know, so we got our pictures in front of the Hollywood sign, and we hung out there for a little bit. It was kind of like cool. We're filmmakers, and we're in Hollywood. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because there is, I don't know if it's still available. There used to be a path where you can walk right up to it. Is that still? Oh, I have no idea. We didn't do that, though. Okay. I'm assuming it's still there, but we did it from like the, the like looking over at it because we wanted to see it, see it. Um, and it was, it was fun seeing other people there checking it out, too. It was just well, cool to see the other. One like, of the funniest things, I, wanted, I want your opinion on this because I was, or not opinion, I want your story on this. I was laughing so hard. When you're at the Hollywood video, you're filming, it's like, oh my God, remember this? We've seen this in movies. And then all of a sudden, you see this guy exercising <laughs> with his girlfriend. I was like, what? The his fuck? girlfriend's filming it. He was doing his kung fu moves. He had no shirt on, I think, too. Yeah. He had his shirt on. He was fit. Like, it wasn't like he was, like, embarrassing himself. But I feel like he was one of those guys who was, like, doing it for the Instagram, doing it for TikTok. Like, look at me. I'm in Hollywood, and I'm going to be an action star. And I made the joke, like, this fucking idiot. And then I'm like, but watch him be, like, super famous in five years. You know? Like, <laughs> so good for him. Like, you know? Like, I it was fun. Yeah. Well, we had a good time. I think the funniest line was... Um, Hey, is this Dolly World? And I think it was Ricky Passman. He goes, no, the mountains aren't big enough. <laughs> yeah. I think John said that. And Ricky John, yeah. Yeah, John said, is this, are we at Dollywood? Dollywood? And he's like, no, the mountains aren't big enough. And like, like um, I I mean, I love filmmaking. I, you know, I love the whole world of it. I'm not a big Hollywood guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I'm not a big into the machine. Mm-hmm. So I'm deep down on a punk rocker, you know? Oh, yeah. And so my favorite photo we even took on the whole trip is me looking facing my back facing the hollywood sign facing the camera and just flipping the bird yeah. you know that was kind of me like saying fuck you hollywood you know like there's more to movies than just here obviously you know like and uh but it was still really cool to go and see like all all joking aside and then we went from there into burbank yeah checked out a couple records or a record store we found we found a real video store yeah well with, you know, the smoothing sound the smooth sounds of johnny bristol <laughs> right yes that was the that was the <laughs> second day but we found this one video store and we dropped off a copy of Bernice for them to rent. Oh, really? Yeah, I think the place is called Be Kind Rewind, I think. Oh, um, I love it. I'll share, like, a picture of the, the place when we're yeah. video of me. Like, you can see the picture of me holding it. So we dropped it off there. So if you're there, if you're watching this and you're ever there, just ask if they have Bernice to rent. Uh, maybe the guy threw it away. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, should, I should call them up and say, do you have do Bernice? You have? I'll call up, like, five or six different times with different voices. I saw that you Bernice had... Too? 
I saw a thing on you on YouTube about you having Bernice too. Yes. <laughs> so they don't even know I, they, don't, they have no idea that I'm calling from Connecticut. They could think I'm just some random guy in California. Right. Oh, I heard this movie Bernice too. Won an award recently. I would love to see that. It was, it was, he, he knew we were going to the award show. We talked yeah. to him and all that, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I would be. You know, I'd rent that if we had, if we could get a copy of it." And I had like a dozen of them in the car. I'm like, hold on. I ran to the car, <laughs> block away, came back. Here you go. Um, well, one yeah. thing I, I would love to have checked out, uh, and I saw you drove by and have a chance to go, was the Beverly Cinema, which is owned by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he bought it now. Yeah, we drove by. We that's one of the places we stopped to get a picture. Yeah, you know, while we were driving, because Ricky really wanted to picture that one. Um, well, well, I wish I wish we had more time, but it was such a last minute thing because you don't find about these award shows till like later and oh, yeah. all that. So it was very, and it was also later in the year. So like, if I had known. A month or two earlier, I would have taken less vacation time earlier in the year, type thing, and just gone down for like a week and a half yeah. and done the tourist thing. So I want to go back. Oh yeah, no, we, went, we went to the awards. Um, did did the awards show? We, we were we stayed in Santa Ana, so we weren't far from the award show. Yeah. We made our way to downtown by like three in the afternoon and wandered, found the best coffee shop I've ever been to, and I can't remember. Oh yeah, has the, well it says skull on it. I said, this, yeah, this is the best coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, um, and then we like we just we had a oh, great burgers and food at a restaurant. Like just we we we, we splurged. It looked like we were drinking a lot, which is funny because the first night we were there, we went to a bar with Chris. I think I had one drink because I was so tired, you know. And then I was like, "We'll get to the hotel. We'll check in, and then we'll go find a bar." Like that was my whole thing. It's like we'll check in the Ricky. Then we'll and John was in a separate room because we'd already booked our room when John decided to go. So he was right next to us though, and I'm like, "Yeah, like, like we'll just chill for like twenty minutes. I'll go knock on John's door. We'll go find a bar." I was asleep in a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> and so was John and Ricky was out within an hour or two. So I was like, no, we didn't go to a bar. And then the second day we had a couple beer, we had like a pitcher of beers at the dinner. And then there were drinks at the theater. And that's why there's a thing about John. I'm drinking more tonight than I have in years. Oh, yeah. Drink. So he had two drinks and he was flying. Man, he, had like beers. he had like vodka drinks, like he had real drinks. Yeah. And then we went to the after show and he had even more. And it's like, John's drink. <laughs> well, it was funny when he kept on saying, it was, "Is this real? Am I rem Please let me know that we won it works. I'm not going to remember this." Yeah, <laughs> he was so he out was of it. Funny. I don't know if he was playing it up for the camera, but he, oh yeah, he was just having a good time. But it oh, was okay, just, yeah, he. But it was just like what a what a bizarre night, you oh, know. Yeah. And everyone was so nice and cool. Yeah. And then when I'm just glad, like out of the three we were nominated for, we won the first one that came up. Yeah, because it would have sucked to sit there all night and be like, oh. Oh, like I don't really awards aren't my necessarily my thing. I mean, yeah. it's cool to win, but like I don't do it for the awards. So yeah, well, I think it's uh, similar to it's when embarrassing to go and and not win one or eh, not really. Well, to fly that far and not win one, it would have been kind of embarrassing or annoying. But uh, to be honest, but we uh we didn't have that problem. So, but it was nice that we won one because then when the other two came up, I didn't even care. Yeah, it was just like. Eh, I don't care if we win. We don't need to win. We already got one. Like, let somebody else win. You know, it's like being like that. It's cool if somebody else wins this award. We already got one. Yeah. But I love it. I think it's similar to when Rush won the, uh, when they were Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they always said, we don't care about awards. We don't care about awards. And finally, Neil Peart said, you know what? I care a little bit more than I thought I did. He's like, it's, so it's, it's nice. He goes, I, it's not why I do music, but I just, it's, it's nice to be appreciated. And yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, like other, film festivals we've been like this wasn't even a film festival we've been in some film festivals we didn't win anything and other people within the group got mad about it and i was just like 
Why upset? We Why? made the movie. Yeah. We made the movie. Who cares? How many people never made a movie? You know, <laughs> like let alone went to a film festival with it. Like it's cool. Like yeah, in the festival, we have that cloud if nothing else. We're not gonna win every time, you know. Well, it seemed like from what I saw, and I only saw clips of it, it there was a everybody was very supportive of each other. One example oh, yeah. would be when you were going up on stage, some guy stopped you and goes, Hey man, this movie looks fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone was so, because also it's indie film and everyone's supportive of each other in indie film because we're not, we're all doing it because we love it. Yeah. You know, like, like I wish I thought of more eloquent things to say when I was on stage because I would have said like, this is why we do, we don't, we don't do this for the awards, but we do this to help each other. Yeah. That's why these award shows are here to support each other. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you, did you, I wasn't sure if you had a speech ready because it looks, Ricky Passmore started speaking, then you were like, you took over, you're like, all right, because it wasn't like, did you really, because there was, you made a joke, and I know you're playing things up for the camera, you're like, eh, we're not going to win anything. Eh, we are. Like, you were just playing, you're like, I don't think we're going to win. Ricky, Ricky, John and I all had really good feelings, like that we were going to walk away with something, just felt good, you know. Um, John was literally sitting in his chair during the award show talking to himself. <laughs> John doesn't realize he's talking to himself a lot because he, 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 he's like me where he like, pretty much lives alone, does his own thing. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, so, but he'll literally be like, oh, no, 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 no. And Ricky like nudges me because he was in between us. And I look over and John's literally watching the stage, but going, his mouth is fully moving, voices coming out, out loud. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, 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 what? He's like, you're talking out loud. Like, it's not like you're like thinking. He's going, practicing a speech because we're going to win. That's and it's funny. what he was doing. He was practicing what he was going to say. It's like, John, do it in your head. What? My, oh, I was out loud? Like, he didn't even know he was. And then I remember on the flight back, just, I'm what we were, the, he was, I was sitting on an aisle seat and so was he, but he was across the aisle, one row up. And he's literally like leaning over and just talking to nobody. I thought he was talking to somebody in the next row over, like some woman. And I'm like, look at like, who's he talking to? Just literally talking out loud to himself. And I'm like, fucking John, I love this guy. He's so weird. <laughs> but um, I thought what's funny about that is the one thing he wanted to say, and he didn't. He says, can you please say, tell my dad, thank you for being my biggest supporter. So the one thing that he didn't practice was what he really wanted to have. Oh, afterwards, afterwards, yeah. we're outside. He's like, thank my dad. And he said, his dad. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like I, didn't, I mean, I knew when I got there, if, if we won, I wanted to try to thank the whole crew. I didn't want to, like, that would be one of the first things I wanted to say was thanks to everybody who worked on the film. I didn't want to name everybody because I would have taken... Other people did that kind of thing, but I was just like, I don't want to do that. Um, but I watched Ricky get up there and start to flounder a little. Like, we're like so I, I just started talking over him because I knew he was so nervous he didn't know what to say, which was yeah, good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love. But I didn't play anything other than I knew I wanted to thank my dad. That was it, and yeah. I did. Yeah, well, we you got that in there. And uh, what, who was filming it? Was it uh, Fulcher? Was he filming you guys the reactions? Because it was great watching you watching the trailers. And then you're like, oh, wow, this looks funny. This looks funny. And oh, no, that was Ricky holding the camera. Oh, Ricky, okay. Yeah, Ricky. Oh, sorry, I just hit a button. Oh, no, we're good. No, no, you're good. I thought I hit something. Ricky Ricky had the camera. He was sitting between me and John, so he had a camera. Oh. And I was like, yeah, at one point, I'm like, stop. Like, I just didn't want him filming me, like, from that angle, like that, you know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, too. But I was also like, dude, just put the camera away and be in the moment. But it was funny. I'm glad he filmed it. Yeah. And I have the raw footage, so, like, when you see us win, we look at each other and go, holy shit. Then we get up and you know, if you when you watch the Kickstarter video, it cuts to the actual film threat footage. Yeah. We're filming it. It's on their YouTube. You can watch the whole thing, which is great. The whole award show. Um, I cut to that footage so you can see us through the speech, and it cuts to us walking off the stage. It's in Ricky. Kim Ricky pulls Ricky pulls the camera out again. He never stopped filming when he put it in his pocket. He thought he did. So yeah. in the raw footage, you just hear like everything. You hear our point of view, but you don't see it, which was a drag. 
like looking out the audience we can hear us like up there like holy shit we did this and yeah no i you know it's funny i actually enjoyed that because it was a real reaction and you had no idea that you were being recorded so it's not like you were filming it and then sort of acting for the camera no. it's like yeah. that, that was a real reaction yeah. so I, I actually glad that he didn't turn it off and do that from yeah him. We um we had a but like we yeah the whole show was great everyone was so nice Alan and Chris who run Film Thread are such cool dudes like they care about film so much yeah. and that's why it's all independent like it's an independent film show like you, you Disney can't distribute the film if it's going to be nominated you know like it's yeah I so we say, I've always been a fan of that magazine uh, I yeah. love Film Threat when I, I used, used to buy it all the time yeah. and like yeah. so like when we got when when Bobby first reached out to do reviews and interviews with us I was just blown away because I'm like wow Film Threat they like I read Film Threat I go to Film Threat's website every week you know like and I have since the 90s you know since I got internet or 2000s when I got the internet for the first time and then like or you know and I worked at Borders and pick up the magazine and like read it and buy it like so it was just this is big you yeah know, this is this is big for indie film you know like this was cool like, wow yeah <laughs> well it looked like a pretty big place so i know it's in hollywood but where yeah, the was frida, it held well it was in the frida in santa Ana. okay so it's it was like a 300 seat theater probably yeah i don't know. You could look it up and find out but like it was a big theater and it was a two screener theater they had two screens so one room was like where all the, the so the other room they had the second room was like live streaming it mm -hmm. so people could like buy tickets and sit in there and watch it as well yeah how many people they had in there but um so it was cool like and it was packed like the place was packed and yeah you can tell was... and who was the host um lila lila i think i admit yeah lila i couldn't i couldn't hear the last name i was... Hart. i think it was lila Hart. okay that's what yeah i'm pretty sure that's she's a stand-up comedian from texas she's really funny i'm gonna look her up right now i got my phone out um super nice we, at the after show we were chatting with her a bunch like she was just so cool very funny so that's always a good thing. Um, yeah. And then there was, I couldn't get the last word. You, you, your movie Bernice two actually tied with another one. It was turbo something. What was the movie that you tied with? Oh, turbo cola. That's it. I could not. That movie looks awesome. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. When we were, when they were going through the nominations and showing the like, clips in the trailers, you see me go, I want to see that. Like yeah. it, it's about these kids who, about these guys who work at a gas station and decide to rob it. And I guess it's like clerks meets reservoir dogs, but funny as hell. And, oh, I love it. And the guys who made it, like we got to chat with a lot of the other filmmakers before and after. They were so nice, like the director and the producer and everything. They were so cool. And then there was another one, um, Astronauts in Love. So, oh, what the hell was the name of it? Um, I'm going to go to their website while we're talking. Yeah, go ahead. Because awful forgetting the name of the other movie. Um, let's go film bread. So, so how many movies were up for for best comedy? Five or six. Wow. I'm looking it up right now as we're uh, talking uh, to see. Let's see. Best comedy. Indie comedy. Uh, there was Us and... Um, okay, it wasn't that one. What was the other one? Um, God damn it. It was the WT... No, the less than $100,000 movie called Planet of the Astronauts. Okay. Uh, he, we were up for that as well, and the kid who won for Planet of the Astronauts, such a cool dude. Like we were when we were in the uh, the line for the the red carpet to get the photos and the interviews. He was in front of us, and we just started chatting with him, and he was just like so full of energy and so excited and so happy. 
And he's young, maybe 21, 22. Like, he's like, oh, my God, we're all here. We made it. We got our movies are nominated. What are you up for? I'm up for this. I'm like, we're up for that, too. And he's like, I want to say I hope you win, but I want to win. I'm like, I hope we win, but I want you to win, too. Like, it was one of those, like. I like, love it. He was just so positive, so happy. So when that one came up, because we'd already won Best Comedy, and he wasn't up for that one, I was like, and his trailer looked great. You know, like, the movie looks great. I can't wait to watch it. And when, when that one came up, I was like, fingers crossed for him. I wanted him to win so bad. Like. He was almost annoying. He was so happy, like through the whole day. Like, but it was like, but it was that whole like annoying because I'm not that. I have a great energy. I think I'm a positive guy. But yeah. he was so, so happy. And it was just like, all right, calm down. Have a like not annoying and I'm like, dude, have a drink, breathe, breathe. You know, but he was so fucking cool. I I like him a lot. Yeah. He's from New York. So when he found out we're from Connecticut, it was like, oh, we should hang out. Like so, yeah, so I've stayed in touch with him. We're gonna get together hopefully in the spring and maybe even like do something. But like I love it. Future guests for your show, even maybe. Yeah, please. please. I, I would love to talk to him. Yeah. I, I love the, people with that kind of energy. Yeah. And then there was another film. I just, that um, the director was amazing. I'm just drawing blanks on everybody's names right now. Oh, yeah. There's a lot oh, going on. Yeah. And uh, just also, my brain is still fried from the holidays and everything. It's the day after Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, uh, Quantum Terror. Okay. It's a horror film. And, uh, the, the director of that was just fantastic. We traded DVDs before we left because he had DVDs. We had Bernie's DVDs and we were chatting with him at the after party for the most of the time. And he was fantastic too. So it was just like, everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so cool. There's a Guar documentary. I was oh, I chatting with producer of that beforehand. And somehow I saw Guar like in 96. I haven't yeah. seen him since, but I always loved Guar. And like, everyone was just awesome. Like no one was jerks. There was two other women who made the best directress because they have a best director and best directress award which i think is really cool and really hip um and the the winner was her name was stacy um the movie was called i'm looking it up triple threat i want to see it too and her and her lead actress were there and they were just like super cool we were chatting with them a bunch too like everyone was just like so nice and so fun yeah yeah, no, see, I love that when everybody, there's, I mean, you're competitive to a certain point, but you're right. just happy for the other person and you want to see them win. You And I, I love the fact when people are, because I mean, like all, we talked about this off the air, maybe even on other shows, all the different things that I've done and you've done, like with, especially with um, comedy and bands, there's so much backstabbing. You're like, why? Is, yeah. I didn't pick the last spot on stage. Why are you worried about me? Do right. And I was always so supportive of other people. And I'm I, I, I'm happy. And people are like, why are you so happy for other people's success? Why not? It's like, I don't yeah, know. Why not? Also, like, be positive about it. Because yeah. their, their success will hopefully rub off on you. Yeah, exactly. You, you show them support. Then maybe they're going to bring you along for something. You know? I know. Like, yeah. Like, like, with me, like, I'm always like, people are, oh, man, I wish you could make a movie. I'm like, then make a movie. Well, I don't have anything. I'm like, well, I do. What do you want to borrow? Mm-hmm. You got a story? Borrow a camera from me. Borrow a microphone. I'll, 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 and if I'm free that day, I'll come help. You know, I want other people to do things. I want to help people. Like, and I, because I want people to help me. You know, so I'm, I'm. Yep. The, it with the and Connecticut doesn't have a big film community really. Like, of people yeah. that are actually doing it on a regular basis. There's a lot of indie filmmakers up here, but there aren't people that are continually doing stuff. You know, so like, if people want to do something and need help, let me know. I'm there. Let's go. You know, yeah, no, trade. Mean, you know, you call examples. Me and you. Yeah, you, 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 you and I interviewed you. We became friends, and you've been helping me out with this yeah. real talk local artist show. Local artist so show. Many yeah, other like, things. Get me involved with Elmwood Productions for other things. And yeah, yeah I, I love it. Also, and like, and it's just like I want more of yeah. that type of community. You know, um, because it's great because we can only support each other. That's the best thing you can do. You know. 
I know. No, I agree. And that, yeah. that's, I think, the most important thing that you get. And just, I could, I could just tell from the video you made and just even like the little comments, like, oh my God, it looks fucking amazing. That, and everybody, when you got up on stage, people were clapping and cheering. It's just, it was like one big fan fest where everybody's just having a good time, enjoying everybody else's success. There was no, yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I, 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 if you go to Hollywood next time, let me know. I'd love to hang out with you guys. Oh, man. Like, it's funny. We were tricky, hasn't been there yet. We've been talking about going for like years as like a vacation. Just yeah. like because him and I are like best friends. We grew up together. We grew up watching MTV and all the music videos were in Hollywood of all the hair bands and all that. Oh, yeah. just go and do the Hollywood thing. I want to go back and I was joking around with him like we should just get like everyone to just just everyone book your own trip there. But let's all meet yeah. there. Like I don't want to deal with like figuring out everybody's flights. But let's all be there for like at least three of the same days. You know, so we can all just do things for a few days together. You know, Elmwood invades Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> we're never we're coming we're coming back junkies. No, just kidding. <laughs> Well, one of the things that I loved was when uh, Ricky was on stage and people were asking where you can find it. And when he made the comment, he goes, keep physical media alive. I yeah. love that because I agree with that. Same thing with, like, I with always albums, say, with movies. I like having the physical copy. Books. I would say physical media still matters is the yep. quote I use. And it's, it comes from Prince because he said albums still matter. Um, it's not just about the song that you're going to hear a snippet of. You have to have the whole album. And physical media still matters because streaming, people forget, like, you you can buy a movie on Amazon to stream it and have it in your little Amazon catalog. Yeah. But if the producers of that film or the rights from that film decide that they don't want it there anymore, all you've bought is the right to watch it while it's there. You bought a license. You've not bought the movie. Mm -hmm. They can pull that film tomorrow, and then it's not there anymore, even though you paid for it. But if you buy that actual hard copy, that Blu-ray, that DVD, they can't take it away from you. They're not going to come to your house and be like, give me back Raiders of Lost Ark. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. not going to do that. Um, so that's why physical, and and also that's why, and also it's still a better format than streaming. Oh, yeah. You know, there's less loss. It sounds better, looks better, especially Blu-ray and 4K and all that kind of DVD. You know, some things aren't meant for that high quality, but DVD is definitely meant for that. You know, some movies just Clerks on 4K makes no sense. Yeah. You know, I agree with Kevin you. Kevin Smith even made a joke when it came out on Blu-ray that it was an insult to Blu-rays, you know, <laughs> but, because it doesn't need to look because it's not going to look any better than it did on DVD, you know. Yeah. But I get it. You know, like they're going to keep putting it out on a new version because there's a new format, put it out to make the money. And, you know, I get that. But, um, yeah, so keep that physical media alive. And also you buy a streaming album or an or a movie those filmmakers are making pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Those musicians are making pennies on the dollar. You're buying a t-shirt or a film, like an actual physical copy, they're making actual money, you know? Yeah. He's been streaming now since 2018 on various things. And like Head, our movie Head, you know, boom. And I love our distributor, Terra Films. They're amazing. They've done great things for us. We don't make a lot of money off that. Neither do they, though. You know, because the streamers take so much money from you. Yep. Well, while we're, while you're talking, I'm trying to find because I interviewed a musician not too long ago, and I had a oh here we are right here. Um, I I copied and pasted it. So for um, Apple Music, royalty rates for per stream zero point zero zero eight cents for every hundred and twenty five streams. Think about that. Not stream per song, but for hundred and twenty five times that one song is streamed. Yep. YouTube Music. 0.002 royalty rates per stream. Well, actually, streams required to make it a dollar. 500. Yeah. 500 streams. And then I'll do one more. Pandora, 0 0.00133. 
streams required to make one dollar for a musician seven hundred fifty two. So yeah, it's just it's just insane. And film is the same way. That's why Bernice isn't streaming anywhere yet because we just haven't cut a deal that seems fair. You know, eventually it'll happen. You know, we'll we'll figure it out, or we'll start our own distribution company to yeah. do it. We already have our own distribution online. And if you and you can buy Bernice 2 online, people. Plug I'm gonna do the plug right now. Do it. There's two different spots you can buy this online. Uh the preferred one is Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And there's three different ways you can buy it on Bandcamp. You can buy just the movie on DVD. You can buy the movie with the soundtrack on CD, which has songs you can't get anywhere else but on the soundtrack, which is cool. Um, and they're not streaming some of the songs. That's the point. Um also support the bands by their music. As well, and then you can get a version that's the CD, the CD, the CD, the DVD, a beer koozie, mm-hmm. a Elmwood bracelet. I don't have one on right now. I, my niece stole mine on Christmas Eve, yeah. and you get um. And there's only 25 of these available, um, for this one version of it, where you'll get one of 25 original sketches of one of the characters that I did, on eight eight and a half or nine by twelve eight and a half by eleven or nine by twelve crystal board paper so like high quality illustration paper i'm the guy who designed all the puppets so it's a drawing of the puppet and there's 25 different ones you might get the main characters you might get johnny sojai but i did a different one for each thing now why so, is Bandcamp the best is that because you get to keep every penny Bandcamp, i just i just like the vibe of Bandcamp the best um uh just the way they do things and on fridays you keep all the money so if you oh, buy okay. things from them on friday all money goes to the artist which yeah, is no. really cool. And they they just have a really good vibe there. They treat bands really well. The other place is Store Envy that you can buy our stuff. We make plenty of money off Store Envy. There's no, I mean, it's pretty much the same payout. I just like the layout of Bandcamp better. It's more user-friendly. Yeah. Um, For me, as the guy who's putting all the products up, it's more user-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and Store Envy is the other place. On Bandcamp, you can also get Head on DVD. All right. Yes. With bonus features. And you and uh, but on store envy because we didn't move these products over, we have still some leftover copies of Steve the Vampire, um, and Josh and Todd. Well, that's another thing they're almost sold out. Yeah. I love that. Well, th- I'm so glad people are buying that because uh, not only you mentioned the whole thing about streaming because you don't really own it or you do until they decide to take it off, but. I I love what you just mentioned because you get the special features. A lot of yeah. times you get DVDs. They have the booklets in there. It has pictures. It's sort of like someone with albums. I used to love the liner notes and all right. those things. So now with DVDs, I still buy them because I like. I, I do too. Yeah. The whole I just criterion. I just bought the new reissue of Muppets Take Manhattan on 4K. <laughs> you know, and like yeah, I and I just got a. I just bought the Ren and Stimpy collection like the almost complete i think it's missing like one episode or something like just because i saw it cheap and i'm like hell yeah you know <laughs> like oh, yeah definitely. I, still, I still buy movies i still buy like I, you know i'm yeah i still buy cds constantly and records constantly well, where are some records I'm, we're in, you and i are both in connecticut where are you going yeah we're gonna hit red scroll for sure okay and wallingford and then there's a place in enfield called the music shop or the music stop or music outlet music outlet yeah they're closing in january not for anything bad the owner just wants to retire um, he's been doing it forever, and we're 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 gonna try and make it out there. We'll see. We'll see how we're feeling. I miss the days, which um, you you've always lived in Connecticut, right? Uh, except for I lived in Florida for a couple of years, but my whole adult life essentially Connecticut. Yeah. Well, I miss the days of childhood records, Brass City Records, Rhymes Records. I mean, I every Saturday I used to spend the day just going down to the whole downtown water break. Go Phoenix Records was originally. Phoenix. Called- Oh, yeah. I miss Phoenix. Yeah. Tricky and I used to do uh, our Friday night routine in high school was the first thing we did after we 
we'd get together and you know we'd go right to strawberries oh yeah and buy an album for the weekend we'd each buy a new album almost every weekend and like then we'd go to like what other restaurants we wanted to go to and then maybe on sunday we hit some of the or like just throughout the week where we would hit all like you know we were you were in a different area of connecticut than we were so we were on the Broad turnpike and we had record breaker and, oh yeah you know and we and then later on there was like media play was there and circuit city had all the imports and and then we had um on Celestine there was integrity mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember that place with a lot of jazz but it was a great record store yeah i remember the oh, name i never been there but media play i used to go to a lot yeah and then record express yes was a chain here i i, man, I worked at media play as a manager i worked at record express as a manager <laughs> that's funny a strawberries i was a, a third key manager technically like yeah so media play was great i loved I, I didn't love working there at the end but when i first got the job it was unbelievable like it was such a fun place to work i think the funniest my funniest memory of media play was it was me my brother his girlfriend all of a sudden on the big screen they had coming soon phantasm on dvd my brother holy shit holy shit holy shit <laughs> And, my and then it was the, the, the bay of TVs that yeah. showed everything. Yeah. It was like 20 TVs in a box that had like the, yeah, I, oh man. And Which media play are you talking about? Was it on oh, the one in Manchester? Okay. I worked at that one for a little while. I was at the one in Newington for most of the time, but I was in the Manchester one in 2000 from March to September. I worked there. It was so funny. She, she couldn't understand why we liked the movie so much and why we were so excited. But I actually... Saw when it was being released. I was a manager at Rite Aid at the time. I took that day, no, took the day before the day came out, got out early, took the next day off, had a phantasm party. I was like, my, that's awesome. I loved it. I was like, I was so excited because for people who don't realize this was a time when like movies were maybe available in VHS, but you know, DVDs were were a newer product. They were crystal and, clear. And they were way better. They were all yeah. widescreen. Well, not all widescreen, but yeah. most of them were widescreen. Yeah. And the ones that weren't eventually became out on widescreen anyways, if the movie was made widescreen. Like, yeah, oh, man. I remember I was at Media Play. Evil Dead had been out of print for years. The movie period on VHS, it didn't matter. It was just out of print. And I was working there, and it was being re-released by Anchor Bay. Oh, I love on Anchor VHS, Bay. On VHS, not even on DVD yet. So I was like 97. Yeah, being released on VHS, and the day it came out, we got like thirty copies in, and they were gone. Like people were coming in all the you have Evil Dead. It's like because we were the only place that got it too. Like yeah, because they they got everything. That's one thing I will say about them is they they got it. Wow, we went on a tangent by the way, but they were that was a fun place to work for a while though. Well, I'm sure you know the the director William Lustig. Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was in charge of Anchor Bay for a while. Or so he did something with it. Cause I know that he was. I met him at one of the conventions I used to go to, and he was talking about that. And he was talking about going through all these older movies and trying to clean them up. And he was putting them all at Anchor Bay. So there was a while where yeah. I was buying everything Anchor Bay. Nice. Yeah, they put out a lot of great stuff in that era too. The early, like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah. Well, now what's that place in Norwalk? I forgot the name. I see them all the time, and they're uh, there's a it's a great archives. It's called, but they, the archives in Bridgeport. Yes, Bridgeport. Yeah, they're they're Bridgeport. great. Yeah, those those guys are great. They're part of Vinegar Syndrome. That's it. So like they, they like that's you know where you get all the Vinegar Syndrome stuff and like they're that's a great spot. They're cool people. Well, if you want to, since you're you you great, you know all these movies. Um, the owner wanted to be on the show. I was talking to him a while ago, so I would love to have you. Got to get him on, yeah. Yeah, definitely love to have you as a co-host on that. You got to get him on and find out why they don't sell a Head and Bernice there yet. You know what? That'll be the first question. It's like, why aren't you selling Head and Bernice too? We saw them at the one of the punk rock flea markets that the, the yeah. cake shop here in Connecticut does hardcore sweet. 
And they're like, you got to bring some of these down so we can sell them. I just haven't brought any down. So it's it's on me. That's why they're not there. Maybe I'll do that after after the new year. Go down you know there. what? Next time I see you, give me some movies. Because I, I haven't been down there recently, but I used to go down there on a somewhat regular basis and just buy some DVDs. Yeah, I mean, I buy stuff from Vinegar Syndrome yeah. a lot. Like, I have a good chunk of their releases. So I'm a nerd. Yeah. But yeah, but Bernice too, buy buy physical media people, yeah. please. Keep yeah, us. Buy our t-shirts, buy our movies, buy uh, uh, and if if you order one on Bandcamp or uh what's the thing called? Uh store envy a DVD of Bernice 2 and say you saw it on this episode, I'll throw a kazoo in your package. Right. <laughs> Make a note and we'll throw a kazoo in there for you. Because I still have all the ones left over. <laughs> no. And as you were saying in one of my other shows, you know, when people do this, it helps you make more movies right this show on the air it just it helps the patreon is the, join the patreon because the patreon really does help keep all this stuff going yeah you know like like you know i gotta pay for the, the editing software every month patreon helps pay for that i gotta do this you know, and the patreon is an experiment we're trying it out and after a year if we're not making enough we're gonna stop doing it but we just started it so we're gonna give it the full 2024 to 2025 like you know because we only started it later in, in 2023 so if come January 2025, we're not making enough money off it, we'll stop. But like, we'll yeah. have to start. Right. Well, now, one question I know everybody wants answered. The movie's been out, had the premiere, had the final screening, it just won an award. Can you tell me who the hell is Bernice? Oh, my connection's getting weird. <laughs> no, I can't. I will not. We have, a, we have a rule that we will not tell anyone who is Bernice, but if they guess it, we won't argue with them. We'll tell them they're right. So, okay. all right. So far, I think five people that I know have gotten it right. Um, some of the people who worked in the movie don't even know who Bernice is. That's funny. Which is great. Yeah. Um, some people had some great guesses. Like some people are like like you almost wanted to say yes because you felt bad because they had a story for why they had the answer, and they're all good answers. But I'm not. I I can tell you where the concept came from. The name of the movie came from and all that. This drawing that's on the DVD cover, mm-hmm. there, there. Um, Mike pulled a pen out of a piece of pen out one day, grabbed a piece of paper, and just drew this as it looks. Just drew that, and I looked at him. Mike's not an artist. Mike's a musician. Mike's a puppeteer. He's not an artist though. Yeah. I don't know what's that. And just straight to my face, he went, "That's Bernice, and I love her." <laughs> and then he walked away, and I just did. I just started hysterically laughing. Just hysterically laughing. This is not Bernice, by the way. But okay. that's just, it was just like a, a not, but we kept the drawing. Like we just kept it forever. I traced it under the piece of paper in a sketchbook I had mm-hmm. and just became a thing. Like, and then it was, this is not Bernice. This is not Bernice. But Mike, Mike, but Mike did love her, you know? Like, so this is not Bernice. Um, yeah. When, when you were making the movie, did you know? Who Bernice was, or was one of these yes. things where you okay, it yes. wasn't something you just came up with, like, oh, yeah, nope. we're just gonna mess with people. Nope. And, okay, nope. Bernice has been around, Bernice has popped up in other things. All right, uh, if that, that if you if you follow Elmwood, you may be like, oh my god, I finally figured out who Bernice is. If you really dig deep into our films and stuff, you might you might find out who, who Bernice is. And if but, you find uh, out who it is, you get a kazoo as well. You know, if you find out who it is, if you if you come to yeah. me like like I figured it out and who Bernice is, first you have to keep a secret. It's like Carly Simon telling people who who, who your Sylvain's about. You can't <laughs> tell anybody once you know. Um, you can tell people you got it right, but don't tell them. And uh, we'll give you some sort of prize. You know, 
I'm too vain to tell people I don't know who the hell Bernice is. Right. Um, <laughs> we, gotta make, we gotta make an I know Bernice t-shirt or something to give to those people who got it right. You know? I've slept with Bernice. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't want to get I don't want to get uh um Mike mad though. No. <laughs> I know it's the love of his life. But like but yeah, but the Bernice is uh Bernice is a state of mind. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. Well, and the movie also, wasn't the original. Uh, actually, because we're talking about the history of the film and all that, the movie yeah. wasn't originally called Bernice too. It was originally called Dorian. Dorian, why? Yeah. Because originally the two guys in the wheelchairs, we were gonna make two different, completely different puppets, and one of them was gonna be named Dorian. Okay. And then we decided not to do that and make the puppets look like us. And then we didn't want to call it that anymore. And we were debating what are we gonna call the movie? What are we gonna call the movie? And we were always yelling Bernice. I don't know if you've if, if for those of you who watch Elmwood on YouTube, look for a short film called Bernice. We have a short film called that's nothing to do with the Bernice movie, Bernice 2, the movie. But I was like, why don't we just call the movie Bernice? Because that'd be funny because we already made a short film called Bernice, and these have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And then Mike was the one who was like, Let's call it Bernice 2. And I'm like, I don't want to call it two, like a sequel. And he's like, No, like Bernice as well. I'm like, oh my god, Bernice, comma two. Like, I love it. So this is also called Bernice, you know, like that's kind of the joke, but it's, you know, it became its own thing though, completely, obviously. But yeah, the original movie was going to be called Dory. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, I'm sure I would love that title, but I'm glad you went with Bernice too. I love that. Just a a bunch of those ideas are, I saw earlier how we like darker ideas and more evil and more weird ideas. We are going to eventually make a sketch film of those films, of those short okay. ideas, and we're going to call it Full Frontal Puppetry. <laughs> It'll be the R-rated sketch film, yeah. Full Frontal Puppetry. So. Well, like you said earlier, you said the best thing about puppets is you could do any genre, you could do anything you want. Yeah. You're not stuck in a, well, we only do horror movies, we only do romantic and comedies. People, and so many people thought we were only going to do horror after Head, because Head got yeah. so big, and it was like, no, no, we do more than... And then, of course, we, we made Jungle Man not long after, and... So there was like that, like, but in between Jungle Man, Head and Jungle Man, we did Risley Brothers and Animal Behavior. But everyone was just so caught up in the Head thing that people thought we were just a horror company. But Well, Head won some awards as well. Head right? won a bunch of, I can't, I don't even know how many, five, six? Like, wow. And it was in tons of film festivals. Like, so I get it. Yep. And we're going to make a sequel eventually. Was this Definitely. the first? Was Bernice two the first time it went to Hollywood? Not the first time Elmwood went to Hollywood. Not not you personally, but the movies. No, head head was um, the Fantastic Horror Film Festival in Hollywood as well. Okay, we won best special effects at that. Wow, yeah, back in twenty sixteen when for the movie first came out, we have the plaque. So it's not here; it's in the studio. But I have the plaque for that one still. So we were to Hollywood once before. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Jungle Man was in one of the uh, a film. I think Jungle Man made it into a film festival in Hollywood. I think I'm you know, Ricky's the one who has like the catalog knowledge of that stuff. So yeah. I think that one was in Hollywood as well. But we did win an award for Jungle Man in Ireland, which was funny. So wow, Ireland, wow. Yeah, had one the same film festival had won an award there, audience choice or or critics choice or how was it called? Jury's choice for best film. Had one at the uh, Yellow Fever Film Festival in Ireland. And then a few years later, Jungle Man won for best low budget short film. Okay. Well, all I have to say is, you know, keep up the great work. Congratulations! I'm so you happy. Keep up the great work too, man. Tell <laughs> yeah, no, make, make great. Like you said, I love the fact that you, know, you I, that you are supportive of all the arts. You're supportive of everybody doing their own thing, and you've helped so many people, including me. I am extremely grateful for that, and I appreciate that. Sure. And uh, I am so happy for you and the rest of the crew at Elma Productions. So that being said. Thank you, Elmo Productions crew. Yes. Yes. 
what's next and where can people find you? Yes, what's next is we start releasing all the stuff we've been filming for the past year. That's literally the next thing that's coming out. So new Poetry Corners, new Love Monsters, new The Painters, new Animal Behavior episodes, um, new shows called Holy Toledo, The World's Most Fantastic Stuntman, and another show called It's Going in Rich's Mouth, where oh, we yeah. make our buddy Rich. You've seen the, some of the first episode already. You've seen pieces of it. Yeah, yeah. A rough cut of the first episode. So we make our buddy Rich eat some of the craziest stuff. Also, I eat everything that he eats as yeah. well, because as much as I want to torture him, I'm not going to make it let him do it alone. And we have two monsters making fun of us. Yeah. Um, and then we have some other new shows coming out. I'm drawing blanks right now. Um, and then we're going to start filming, hopefully in February, a new short film for Graveyard Guild to host. Ooh. And it's going to be the first time we ever adapt somebody else's work. That's not somebody from within Elmwood. So I don't want to give it away just yet. I'll tell you after we're done filming. Yeah. What we're doing. And, and when it's released, you're going to have to come back on the show again. We'll oh, yeah. that will. I mean, we're going to start, like I said, everything's going to start coming out like in January, February, March. We're going to start premiering all the new shows. But for filming, we're not going to start filming until like January, until February. We're taking a little breather because we worked our asses off this year. Like people are like, oh, all I've been doing is promoting Bernice for the whole year and a half, two years. Yeah, we've been filming like crazy. We just haven't put stuff out. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, talking to you, but also... There was tons of stuff on um, your Facebook saying, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, you were all over the place. And just for people who don't know, there is another Rich. Nothing's going in my mouth. This is Rich Mislovitz. Yeah, Rich Mislovitz. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll get you. We're, if the show does well, we want to do a second run of episodes. I think we just shot seven or eight. Yeah. We want to do another, like, if we did eight, we'll do eight more. If people, like, react to it and think it's funny, we'll bring you on and make you be a guest. And make oh, you yeah. Be- I would love to. We want, we want to bring, like, if we do a second round of those, I want to bring other people on because I think it would be fun. Yeah, to get other people's reactions to the way. Because the last episode we shot was us doing drinks. Yeah. And we had a few other people, like, trying the drinks with us, too, and reacting. So we thought that would be fun to bring other people in going forward. So One we'll thing, you, you, always, you have a lot of great ideas. One of the ideas that you and I spoke about, I'm not sure if we talked about it in the air, but it was where we just get drunk and watch movies and just start yes. talking about it. Yes, I want to do that this year too. That's on my list of like things to film. Like we want to do like this whole like, like yeah, pick up. And I only want to do like ind- independent film too, like yeah. weird independent movies. Like find the worst of the worst and watch those, and just like you know try and find something good about them and yet make fun of them. Not just be like mystery science, but like yeah. really like actually really like analyze the film. Yeah, I think one of the get- funniest. No, sorry, what did you say? And get drunk. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's it's a great combination. No, what I wanted to say was one of the funniest commentaries I ever heard was Cannibal the Musical. Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and they are just getting drunker and drunker. Oh. And the more drunk they get, the crazier they get. It's the you best. have the original head DVD, the original pressing. You have one, right? I do. I have to check and see if it's the one that I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Not this cover, but the drawing cover. Uh no the other one yep You're the other one all right have you listened to that commentary yet not yet so you, gotta uh, listen. you want to hear some people getting drunk <laughs> it's me Ricky and Russ and at one point Russ just decides to walk up to the microphone and open his beard to the microphones you're like Shh, as loud as you can and we're getting silly and Jason Finberg who does the audio mixing for everything he was just there hanging out with us and every now and then you hear him like ooh, in the background saying something smart assy like it was it's a fun commentary. Oh yeah, listen to it. Or um, on our YouTube channel, Elmwood's YouTube, we do commentaries. I don't know if you watched any of those. Last year, we did all these 20th anniversary ones. I saw you doing them. I have to get a chance. Go back and watch the Risley one. You want to hear like eight people drunk all talking over each other. That's funny. It was me, Ricky, Rick, Mike, and 
tricky, five of us. And by the time we even started recording, we were already popped. And it just gets worse. <laughs> yeah, I got to check that out because I know that you, uh, I was at, I think, one of your Christmas parties or something. You had it on in the background and I was watching, yeah. but I, I haven't watched all of them. Oh, cool. I do that. And I'm not sure if we can talk about this yet, but um, hopefully I will definitely be a part of Elmwood in the writing process. Yes, we're talking about head sequels. We're going to have uh, Rich is going to be helping us with a head sequel, and we're adapting one of your, and this isn't the same thing I was talking about earlier, but one of your short stories into a yes. script as well. So I can't wait. 2024 is going to be a lot of new releases and us processing new work, which is going to be awesome. And you know, I, mean, I can't drinking. sit down, too. Yes, and some drinking. We like to drink between coffee and alcohol. We have addictions. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't sit still for too long. Like, like we're taking a break like the past couple weeks from doing anything real as a group and like i'm already like mm. like i'm got sketchbook is already out all the time i got this like a puppet sitting here half built like just i can't sit still <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully one day we're going to turn on this camera and there's going to be a puppet of me somewhere <laughs> oh there's going to be a rich puppet for sure so it's happening well, John, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show i'm so happy and proud to be on as a guest thank you yeah. Yep. So that wraps up the latest episode of The Claws Corner. A huge thanks goes out to producer, actor, editor, writer, puppeteer, and co-host John Bristol of the award-winning Elmwood Productions for taking time off his extremely busy schedule to be a guest on my show. Thank you very much, John, you and that trophy. I also need thank to you. thank, once again, editor extraordinaire John Bristol for all of his great editing, this show each and every week and making it available to all on YouTube. People are watching it right now. Play a song for me, John, play it out. No. <laughs> and I am also extremely grateful for John not playing that song and to Rob Bull and to Rob! work. And Tim, <laughs> Joe, Tim, yes. All they do to make my show available on several connected radio stations as well as Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible and iHeartRadio. Thank you both very, very much. And lastly, but definitely not least, I need to thank you, the viewer, for always tuning in. Enjoy your day, everyone. Diaphragm again? Ha! We caught one. They're supposed to be weird. Oh, yeah, no. If you say so. I've always wanted to be in a movie. Living around for all the